Thank you for listening to the International Family Church Podcast. This message is a part of our series titled Saved People Serve People. If you're in the North Reading area, we'd love to have you and your family join us. Visit intlfamilychurch.com for more details. Coming up on July 14th, we'll be joining with hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in a way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others by spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. Visit intlfamilychurch.com for info about the various opportunities available, but sign up fast. Space is limited. Be sure to mark your calendars for Serve Day, July 14th, and get ready to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for today's message? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have on this 4th of July uh, busy season that we're here in church today. We thank you, Father God, that that we are connected and we're partnering today, making a demand on the will of God, partnering together, myself, along with each person at the sound of my voice in the room, online, partnering together, making a demand on the presence of God, the will of God. We thank you, Father, our hearts are open. We're not here out of religious routine. We're not here just punching in. We're here, Father, because we love being in your presence. We love being in church. We love, Lord, being with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we ask you now to challenge us, stretch us, help us to be more like you. Help us, Lord God, to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to week two in our series, Save People, Serve People. As I told you last week, we love that phrase. It's actually one of our core values. So it's part of our foundation. Serving is a major part of what we do and who we are. Last week in part one, we talked about why Jesus came. That's an important message, to know why he came. A perfect follow-up to that message is part two today. Um, And we want to answer the question, settle it once and for all, why are we here? Why are we here? Man, that's a, a question that, that people spend many years of their life asking. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Why, 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 why am I on this earth? Why am I born for such a time as this? And so we want to answer that question again. Why are we here? Now, I bet I know what you want out of life. You might be thinking, how would you know? We haven't had any major conversation about that particular subject. How would you know what I went out of life? Isn't that a little presumptuous of you to to think that you know uh, exactly what I want out of life? Well, I can answer that question because what you want out of life is the same thing I want out of life. Amen. It's the same thing the person sitting next to you wants. It's the same thing your your coworker wants. It's the same thing that that elementary student, that teenager, that young adult that silver-haired senior wants. We all want the same thing. We absolutely do. Amen. Deep inside of us, there's a longing, a yearning. And it's a longing and a yearning for greatness. Greatness, significance, purpose, impact. 
whatever word you want to use, however you want to nuance that, it's living inside of us. There's something God put on the inside of us that we all share from over 60 different nations and, and age groups. And, and, and I don't care where you go in the world, man, it's what unites us. It's what makes us all the same on the inside of us. Amen. How we describe it might be different, but we all want to know that the world is different because we lived in it. Anybody else feel that way besides me? Amen. I want to know the world was better because Jonathan Del Turco lived in it. I want, don't you want the world to know it was better because you lived in it? You contributed. You added your portion, right? You were faithful to God's purpose and plan for your life? Absolutely. We want to know the world is different because we lived in it. Amen. And we all want to understand we matter. We matter. Tell your neighbor, you matter. Tell your second choice, you matter. <laughs> See, we matter. A lot of people, they just can't get that together in their thoughts. And so all the thoughts of ending their lives, I'm not important. I don't matter. Let me tell you something right off the bat. You matter today. If you've been struggling whether you matter or not, hear it from me today. You matter. If that's the only reason why you came to church today, to hear that you matter, it was worth it. Amen. You matter. We have an innate need to make our mark in the world, absolutely, to be remembered beyond something that's average and, and regular and ordinary and do something great and exceptional. Amen. Here's our big takeaway today. Here's the one big point I want you to go home with. The value of life is not in its duration, but in its donation. That's profound. We're going to unpack that today help you understand that you go home that that's real to you not just a phrase but it's a living reality the value of your life is not in its duration we want to live long absolutely but it's really in its donation this longing is nothing new this longing for greatness we talked about it last week when the disciples were arguing with each other who's the greatest who's the greatest right who's number one Who's the boss? Who's going to sit on the right hand of Jesus? And so Jesus heard them and understood this. Now, the interesting thing, Jesus didn't rebuke them for their desire to be great. But he actually took that opportunity, as he did so well, reframed the discussion, got them to get their eyes off their own self, and began a discussion about true significance. Isn't that awesome? I believe that's important for us to understand today that actually he reframed the entire concept of significance. So you and I received a lot of mixed messages of what the definition is of greatness. Oftentimes we think it's the amount of money we make and that this determines whether I'm great or not. Or it's um, you know a certain part of my life that I've worked real hard with and I've, I've owned certain things and it's fame that has, immortalizes me or it's power that is the pinnacle of what makes me great. See, the target's always moving. 
Oftentimes in ourselves, we figure, well, if I just was a good person and raised some decent kids, well, that means I'm great. I just was really good at a certain hobby, or I, I, I really took care of my body, and I was in great shape, or I'm always the life of the party. Whatever it is, your definition of greatness, it can be elusive. It can be moving. It can change. Amen. But Jesus came to give us a very clear bullseye, a very clear description, so that we could aim and hit it every single time, what it means to be great. Amen. In the scripture, God's definition of greatness isn't murky. It's not mysterious at all. In fact, when the disciples had this little spat about who was the greatest, um, uh, they were looking through the world's lens, so Jesus had to correct them. Amen. He didn't waste any time. He didn't want them chasing the wrong goal. What he taught them on that day and also on other occasions, a principle, a principle worth building our lives on. How many want to build your life on a firm foundation? Yeah, a principle building your life on. We don't want to waste time shooting at the wrong target or putting our ladder of success on the, on the wrong building. And so Mark 9, Jesus begins to explain this. He hears the disciples, what's going on, and he says this in Mark 9, 33 to 35. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Now, oftentimes we struggle with this. We struggle with understanding this. It stirs up aspects about our heart. Anytime you hear a message like this, it exposes our selfishness. It exposes how full of ourselves we can be oftentimes. And it's a, it's a difficult subject. As, as simple as it might seem, it does stir up areas of our lives, often pieces of our past and things about us that we like or, or don't like. And, and Jesus, over and over again, I won't read all the scriptures, but um, in Matthew, he talks about that the greatest one amongst you will be the servant of all. And how Jesus described himself, I came to serve and not be served, amen, and, and to give my life as a ransom for many. And Paul underscores all this and says this in Philippians 2, 4, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What kind of attitude was that? Are we getting a theme here? It's an attitude of what? Of a servant, a servant's heart. And so let's talk about that today because it really describes why we are here. Amen. And Jesus proved that he loved people. And because of his love, he served. What was our big takeaway again? Say it with me. But in its donation. Wow. All right. Let's answer the question. Why are we here? I believe the only way to really answer that question is I want to give you three non-negotiables that you need to consider in helping you define why we are here. You get this, and you'll never doubt another day in your life why you were here, why saved people truly serve people. Are you ready for this? Yes. 
Three non-negotiables. Here's the first one. Non-negotiable number one. Why are we here? It's about people no matter where they are and who they are. It's all about people. It's always been that way. But it's people no matter where they are or who they are. Jesus himself was the first person to start a revolution against selfishness. He called it for what it was. He really did. He was and is the perfect example of how we should live and serve. Because when he served, hurting people were restored. Sick people were healed. Bound people were set free. Confused people got their answers. Accused people found forgiveness. Rejected people found a home. Amen. That's what happened when he served. It didn't, it didn't matter to Jesus whether who they were or where they were. He served them all with the same selfless love. Amen. See, why? Why you are here starts where you are and reaches out to whoever they are. Amen. See, we serve, we have this attitude, it starts in my world, it starts in my sphere of influence, it starts with my family, it starts with my neighbors, it starts with my coworkers. come on, it starts with the people that are, I see uh, on a regular basis, that's my world, amen, and, and it starts there and reaches out to whoever they are, and I'll describe what I mean by that in a moment. The important thing to remember, why we are here isn't about geography, it's not a question of how far we need to go for a missions trip, or it isn't all putting my attention to that person next door. It's all about people. People matter to God, no matter where they are or who they are. Sometimes people think, well, I'm not serving unless I'm, you know, a thousand miles away in some other foreign country. Or I'm not serving unless it's just the person next to me. See, it's so much bigger than both of those, isn't it? Amen. Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. While Jesus walked among the crowds of people gathered around him, he considered himself one of them. He's one of us. And the book of Hebrews says that, Hebrews 2.17. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. Isn't that good news? Yes. Why did Jesus go through all that? Because he wanted to be a high priest that, that would understand you, right? That you would know he understood you. And the good news about Jesus is he gets you. He gets you. How hard is it to be friends with somebody who doesn't get you? How hard is it to be married to somebody who doesn't get you? Right? How hard is it to be around people all the time who don't get you? It's hard. It's laborious. It's, it's not easy. But the good news is Jesus gets you. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. He gets you. Amen. I love that about Jesus. He knows how human you are. He knows about your past. He knows about what you need. He knows about what's necessary in your life. Amen. Because he 
gets you. Now, that's important in building where we're going today, amen, because he wants to be totally involved in your life. The Bible also describes him this way. He was tempted in every way. So he fully understands the human experience, and he's able to intercede on our behalf. He lived among us. He ministered to us. He's involved in every aspect of our human life, and, and, and he was the one who served us and understood us and yet was without sin. Isn't that so good news? Now, why is that important? How does that translate to us? Well, here's how it does. The selfless, this selfless attitude of service, amen, is, must be an expression in our lives. It must translate from being only the heart of Jesus, but it must translate into a practical way into every person's life, into our lives. Amen. It's not something to be compartmentalized in a church experience, a missions trip, a charity event, or even a serve day. It's bigger than that. Amen. We have to live it in everything we do, with everywhere we go, we all have to realize we are all just people, amen, and our value is measured by how much God loves us. My value is not in what I do. My value is in the fact I'm loved by God. Your value is not in what you do. Your value is because of God loves you. And we understand that about people. You're not valuable because you raise more money than somebody else or because you walked more miles for breast cancer and AIDS. All those things are good. Right. Or, or all those things that we think make us more valuable. The reason why you're valuable and the reason why I'm valuable is because of God's love, period. God's love, period. You can't do anything more or anything less to make him not love you any less or love you any more. Amen. His love for you is unconditional. Amen? I understand that. Value this. Understand this and get this in your heart because we have to place the same value on everyone, no matter where they are or who they are. Amen. A perfect example is found in Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, 33 to 34 says, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. This is a powerful verse. Understand something. This is one of 92 Old Testament scriptures alone about the foreigner, the sojourner, the immigrant. This is a hot topic right now. Come on, somebody. Now, I, I, I can't cover the entire subject except to tell you that, that we need to learn how to value people. Yeah. It goes back to value. No matter who you are or where you are, it goes back to value. Yeah. Amen. I know it's a complicated subject, but the way to tackle the subject is through the compassion and love of God and recognizing who God values, I need to value. Come on. I know we have the political spectrum from all the way to one side to the other. I'm not here to address the, the, all of the, the whole spectrum of this except to say our heart matters. 
and the way your heart is will determine whether or not you find yourself on God's side of this or man's side of this. Can I just be honest? We are a church full of immigrants. I love pastoring a church full of immigrants. I love the fact that I get to believe God with you for your green card. I know that makes some people mad. But there are other churches for you to go to. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I don't mean that in any way, shape, or form to be arrogant. But if that stretches you, amen, then maybe there's other places for you to go. Because our call is 60 different nations gather on a Sunday morning to honor and magnify the Lord. We are all valuable. We are all special from every walk of life, from every background, every age group, every team, every part of the world. Why has God brought us all together is because we value you and you know we do. That's why you feel welcome here. That's why I love it. So I'm always trying to guess where, what part of the world people are from. So I'll meet a, a waiter or a waitress, and, and I know they're not from the United States, and, and I'll try to guess, and oftentimes I'm right, and it kind of blows their mind, like, wow, how did you know that? I said, well, I pastor International Family Church in North Reading, Massachusetts. Amen. You want to meet folks just like you? You need to come and visit us. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Then I'll meet some white folks, and I'll say, if you're bored at your white church, you need to come check us out. You don't say that, Pastor. I promise you I do. Amen. Amen. I promise you that there's a whole other way of living. Amen. This is a slice of heaven right here at International Family Church. This is awesome that God's blessed us like this. And you know why it works? You know why it's growing? Because we value people. And you know that we value you. I know what color you are. You know what color I am. And we still celebrate each other. It's not based on our color. It's not based on our ethnicity. It's not based upon whether I have a great grasp of the English language or not. We are all part of the same family of God. Amen. And we're going to treat you the way God says we should be treating each other. All right. Now, here's the statement of all statements, because you got to see people through the eyes of God's love. Amen. And because God loves us all the same, listen to this statement. If his love is not the same for all of us, then his love is for none of us. Wow. Selah. <laughs> Let that settle in your heart. If his love is not the same for all of us, then his love is for none of us. You that person you have a problem with? If you can't love him, then guess what? You don't deserve to be loved either. It's tight, but it's right. Right? See, our love has to be the same for all of us, whether you're gay, transgendered, whether you're black or white and all the beautiful colors in between. Yes. Amen. If his love is not for every one of us, no matter what our past, whether you are a former murderer, uh, a liar, a cheat, an adulterer, uh, uh, whatever it might be, if, you're, if we don't love everyone, if God's love is not the same for all of us, then his love is for Can you understand that? There's nothing in between. 
There really isn't. There's nothing in between. I know that stretches you. I know you have issues, and I know we're all brought up differently. Amen. None of us have been brought up the same, but that's the beauty of growing and being set free and maturing. Amen. And recognizing, see, you can't be a bigot and have this kind of attitude. They don't go together. You can't be prejudiced without this kind of attitude. Value. Value. I don't look at you in any other way because I know when I look at you that God values you, then I can value you. Our worlds might be a, a, a thousand miles apart. I don't get you in, 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 by experience. You don't get me. We are different. We are, are all have our issues and our baggage. And, and let me tell you something. I've sat on the plane next to people as I traveled with every walk of life and every background. I can have a loving, wonderful conversation with them, not based upon my prejudgment, but based on the fact I see that person sitting next to me as different as night and day. And why can I have a conversation with them and treat them right? Because God values them. And so because of that, I value them. And people know when you value them, don't they? Come on, somebody. Are you with me today? All right. Amen. Enough of that. I can go on and on and on, but we need to move forward here today. Non-negotiable number two. See if I can win some of you back. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Have you ever heard a song that made you really sad? Ever heard a song that made you really happy? Something about music that touches your heart, doesn't it? Something about music. Vern and I enjoy going to, you know, Broadway shows and, 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 and other beautiful events where there's lots of music and orchestras and dance and so forth. And man, it always transports you somewhere, doesn't it? It really does. At least it does me. It transports me. It makes me live vicariously. It, it, it does something to my heart. It makes me a better person. It, it, there's something about that. And I compare that when I travel around the world. I go to places where there, maybe an interpreter might know English, but very few others do. And, and you know when you travel around the world, if you have, you know that you kind of gravitate to listen to the people that are speaking your language and, and you have something in common. And you're able to have something in common because we have a common language. But you know, even if you don't have a common language, we have something in common. You know what it is? It's our heart. It's our heart. Amen. I don't need to know your language to serve you. I don't need to know your language to smile at you. I don't need to know your language to help you when, if you've dropped your luggage or you need help to put it in the overhead compartment. Or I don't, I don't need to know your language to let you go first in line when everybody's in such a hurry. Right? There are ways to serve people. I have, been in, I have been in thatched huts in West Africa, amen, in the, in, in the most remote region, sitting on a homemade built chair on a dirt floor, having the time of my life. I can't relate. I, I'm like, are you serious? Am I actually really here? Having the time of my life. Why? Nothing in common except two hearts that love each other. How is that possible? It's the power of the heart. See, the non-negotiable here is that it's all about the heart. You can tell when somebody loves you from your heart, even though you're different. You can tell because it's a matter of 
the heart. Are you getting this today? A compassionate act of service makes all the difference in the world. Amen. There's a big difference. If my service comes from obligation and manipulation, it can't impact anybody's life. Amen. But when my act of is my act is more than an act, but an act of kindness, it changes everything. Because kindness needs your heart. Kindness doesn't come from your head. Kindness comes from your heart. It's a matter of the heart. It's a non-negotiable. Serving others with a pure motive says, I may not know much about you. We might be worlds apart, but I care about you. You are valuable to God, so you meet. that means you are important to me. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. For the Lord and not for men. See, when you engage your heart, your service is not for men, meaning it's not to be noticed. It's for the Lord. I'm not up here this morning for you. Oh, I'm up here for you. Don't get me wrong. Why would I be up here? But something bigger in my mind of why I'm up here is I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this for his honor and for his glory. I'm doing this because I know me obeying him and walking my purpose gives him pleasure. In fact, he strengthens me. He gives me the ability, according to Philippians 2.13, to do what I'm doing today for his good pleasure. He wants me to succeed all for his good pleasure. He wants you to succeed a job for his good pleasure. He wants you to be a great neighbor and a great blessing to other people, all for his good pleasure. Amen. The reason why we serve, we do it as unto the Lord. If our service is not done for the Lord, but only to be noticed, then we are selfishly serving. Amen. The reason why we do all that we do here at IFC, the reason why we serve the way we do in the church, outside the church, it's done for the Lord. It's for his honor and for his glory. The reason why we are on time. Amen. Is he going to go there? I am. Absolutely. The reason why we're on time is not for me. It's not just for your team leader. The reason why we serve, why we do it, why we're here on time is for his honor and for his glory. We're doing this for him. We're doing this for Jesus. Amen. And that crosses all kind of cultural challenges, doesn't it? I said, doesn't it? Don't get mad at me just because I'm telling the truth today. Come on. Help me out here today. The reason why we give our best, the reason why we serve with joy, the reason why we're friendly and we're welcoming, the reason why we serve other people the ways that we do, the reason why we go out of our way for people is all for, it's done for the Lord. The reason why we serve parents and children and teens, the reason why we do it with excellence and integrity, the reason why we, we welcome all nations and all generations, the reason why everyone is treated with love and respect, and the reason why we serve the poor, the elderly, the hungry, and the prisoners is why. Because it's all done for the Lord. Amen. When we engage our hearts in our serving, it's amazing what kind of walls can come crumbling down barriers of race, religion, and prejudice dissolved to nothing when we engage our hearts. I love engaging with people. I just don't engage other white Italian men. 
Come on, smile at me. Neither should you just engage in whoever you are and whoever you relate to more. Amen. No, I want to engage people. See, the only way to help people is to engage people. Get out of my comfort zone, get out of what I'm asking, where I am, and begin to engage people because when you engage people from a heart that values people, everything changes in our lives. Amen. First John 3:17 says, "But whoever has this world's goods sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him?" Wow. Something happens when your heart is engaged in your serving. Literally, something wonderful takes place. When your heart gets engaged in serving somebody else's heart, you know what happens? You literally become the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the mouth of Jesus. You become an extension of Jesus. You become Jesus with some flesh on it. Amen. Every time I serve, I'm an extension of Jesus. Every time I value you like God values you, I'm an extension of Jesus. Every time I honor you, every time I respect someone else, every time I go out of my way, anytime I do whatever it is out of a heart of service, and it's not only out of a heart that's going to be stubborn and stuck and not wanting to grow and blossom, amen, I am being the heart of Jesus. Amen. Some people have a very hard time with this. And that just simply says to me, you need to grow up. Yes. That's all it says. It means you've, I've reached a choking point. You know what a choking point is? When you go, <coughs> some of you in the realm of the spirit are doing that right now. <coughs> Pastor's choking me today. He's stretching me today. It's okay. That's just part of where you know your point of where you need to grow up on where you need to stretch yourself, amen, where you need to open up your heart. We are the hands and feet of the gospel. Listen, we are the hands and feet of the gospel. And if we as his followers don't serve people with generous hearts, willing to, repre willing to represent Jesus, no one will. Amen. Negotiation number three. Let's, let's close this off. Number three, you ready? We are here. Why are we here? Must, we must engage the poor. We must. Yes, the economic poor, absolutely. But I'm also talking about the poor that Jesus described in Luke chapter 4. Let's read that. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Our understanding of the poor must include a person who, because of their past, because of their hurt, because of their pain, because of their situation, they find themselves in need of freedom. They find themselves oppressed. They find themselves in some form of bondage, and they just simply need Jesus to come through for them. That's the poor. Amen. Yes, it's the economic poor, but they're all around us. 
They're everywhere in our neighborhoods, everywhere in our workplace, everywhere in church, everywhere where we go to school. They're everywhere. And it's a non-negotiable that if we're going to be servants, then we serve everyone. We serve the poor, the physical, economic poor, and the spiritual poor. It's all part of God's plan. Amen. See, it's up to us to proactively discover the poor. Amen. In our own communities, the ones that look like us and the ones that don't. The ones that have our experience, the ones that don't. The ones that have their favorite um, uh, addiction, um, that whatever situation they're going through, their struggle with their identity, whatever it might be, we will never experience the full life Christ has promised us until we see others as he sees them and serve them as Jesus serves them. Man, that's good news today. Here's what Peter sums it all up. I'm done. First Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. That's why you have the gifts that you do. That's why God made you unique. That's why God gave you something that others might not have. Why you can do it better than somebody else can. It's all part of the uniqueness of the variety of gifts that God's given you. Why we have them, we're going to use them well to serve others. Remember our big takeaway? What was it? The value of life is not in its duration, but in its donation. Hopefully that makes more sense to you now. Hopefully that's something you'll say yes to. And you'll realize, absolutely, I want to make sure that my donation to this world represents God well. Amen? And I'm not caught up in all the craziness around me. I'm going to stay focused on the heart of God and why I'm here and why we're called to serve. And we're going to do it God's way because that's always the best way. Amen? Did you learn something today? Wow, you were quiet today, but that's okay. Come on, let's stand to your feet. Raise those hands towards heaven today. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We worship you. Come on, put those hands up today. Stay with me for a few more moments. Father, we bless you today. With our hands raised, we say, Lord, you're so awesome. Thank you for loving me the way you have. Thank you that I haven't been judged based on my life, based on my challenges, based on issues in my own life. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for deeming me valuable, necessary. I matter. I'm important. There's greatness in me that the world needs. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We bless you. Come on, lift up your voice. Oh, we thank you, Father. You're so faithful and so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless your name today. Hallelujah. Ah, we bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. With every eye closed, please, before I lead you in a prayer today of salvation, I want to make sure that no matter where you are in your heart, take a next step. A next step towards freedom. A next step to understanding how much God values you and values others. Perhaps you have no value or very little value for people that are different than you. 
A message like this stretches us. A message like this gets deep into our psyche, deep into our history, deep into experiences, things that are painful, hurtful, things you don't understand. It stretches us. I'm so grateful that the Lord stretched my heart years ago. I believe made me a better man, made me a man that can love a wide range of people, a man that won't allow certain judgments and prejudices and even family history that I'm aware of in my own family to say, you know what, that probably wasn't the healthiest way of looking at people. But because who I am in Christ, because of God's love, because I've been set free, because my heart understands how valuable I am, because I get how valuable I am, it's easy for me to value others. I'm not saying there are certain people that don't stretch me. I'm not saying that I don't get stretched and thoughts don't come across my mind just like you do. But I want to end up recognizing seeing the world like Jesus sees the world. I want to live the fullness God has for me. And that means I need to see people like Jesus sees people. I need to have a heart that if I can't love everyone, then none of us deserve any love. I pray that this really helped you today. I pray that you'll open up your heart. Let him heal whatever areas, whatever pains you, whatever stirs up all kind of images and things that maybe weren't fair or, or your sense of whatever that we focus back on God's love for us why we're here what it really means to have a servant's heart I pray that this helps you today that you'll hang around here and let the word of God stretch you and enlarge you and grow you. Be part of our family. That's what we really want. Thank you, Father. Just let the Spirit of God minister to you for a few minutes today. He's so good. Thank you for his love. Thank God for his goodness today. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for doing all that you've done to come after us. Ha. It's reckless. It's a reckless love. People might call you reckless if you go after people that they feel don't deserve it, but God's love for you was reckless. It didn't make sense. Everybody else wrote you off, but he didn't. It's reckless love. I love that about God. Thank you for your reckless love. I want that love to change you from the inside out today. That's the kind of love that Jesus died for. That love kept him on that cross. Those spikes in his hands and his feet, that didn't keep him on the cross. Reckless love did. His love for you. You say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I, I need to know him. I can see why my life would be better because of him. He lived and died for you and forgave you and took all the sins of the past, present, future on himself so you wouldn't have to carry the heavy load and the heavy burden of your sin today. Heaven could be your home. 
your pastor here and you say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. Pray for me, please. Every service we had people give their lives to Jesus for the very first time. Perhaps you're here today wanting to know him as Lord and Savior. As believers are praying with me, please. It's a very important part of the service. You need Jesus today, I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want heaven as my home. Whether you're in the room or joining us online today, you say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high? I want to pray for you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I do want to know who you are. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. I want to pray for you today. Yeah, thank you. I see it, sir. Thank you, sir. I see it. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high today. Believers praying with me. Thank you, Father. Who else? Yes, thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Amen. God's love's in this place today. Thank you, Jesus, for his goodness. Hallelujah. I believe he's healing our souls today, making us strong in him today. Oh, hallelujah. I am so grateful to God today. Anybody else today? Raise it up high. Thank you, Father. Yes, I see it. God bless you. Yep. Thank you. Let's pray together. Repeat this prayer after me, please. All of us pray this prayer. Pastor Josh is going to come in just a moment. Close the service. Please, nobody walking around. But let's pray this together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I, I need you. I don't want to do this by myself. I'm not doing a very good job. But thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You shed your blood for me. But you didn't stay dead. You're alive and well. And I need you now to come be alive and well in me. Forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy your 4th of July. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, check out intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.